Welcome back to the In The Blues Tone podcast. It's November the 20th, 2019. I can't believe it, but we're almost at December already, which is crazy, which means we're almost at the end of the year. You know, just last Sunday, I was organizing a New Year's Eve uh, sort of jam night with a few friends uh, at a pub, and I was thinking, man, I can't believe it's New Year's already. Last year, we did exactly the same thing. We played some live music with some friends, and it was great. So that's the plan for this year as well. I'm going to organize a band with a few of the guys. We're not probably going to film it or anything like that. It's just going to be a bit of fun. Maybe get a few jammers up as well. So that'll be my New Year's. And uh, yeah, it's funny to, to be already thinking about that in November, and I can't believe it's November already. So just a bit of a heads up too, guys. If a lot of people have been asking me about my knee. I'm, I'm way better today, way better in the last few days. Stitches came out. Everything was good. So uh, I'm on the mend, and it'll be forgotten pretty soon, I'm tipping. I'm already getting way better. Hit the gym again today, so uh, that, that's a good sign. It means I'm feeling pretty strong. So yeah, back back into the swing of it, back into filming. Uh, lots to talk about today. Well, a few things I wanted to talk about today. Uh, that's the intention of this podcast, just to kind of mix things up a little bit from the stuff I post on YouTube. So I thought where we'd start today would be the Tone Master amplifiers from Fender. You know, I was lucky enough to have Fender actually send out their twin, and that twin reverb is my favorite amp right now. No kidding. I, if I had to keep one amp, <laughs> I would keep the Tone Master. I, I really like it. Actually, I'd probably keep the Marshall too. Like, how can you go wrong with the DSL 40? But just in terms of, you know, a guy coming out of knee surgery, it's it's been fantastic having a super light, really loud amplifier. It's been awesome, and I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. It's such a great uh, amplifier just in terms of weight and volume. It's unmatched on the market, and a lot of people have been saying, hey, when are you going to do the Deluxe Reverb amplifier? And it's coming up. It's actually scheduled for tomorrow morning, which will be the 21st of November, and this will be uh, – this is this is a great amplifier. What can I tell you? It's a Deluxe Reverb. Now, a couple of about a week or so ago, I posted a first impressions slash live video. I went for about an hour, but the first twenty minutes were focused specifically on that uh, deluxe reverb amplifier. It was really, really good. It got an overwhelmingly positive uh, sort of response from the audience and from the live people just watching in live. All pretty much liked it, minus one or two people, obviously, uh, who were, you know who were probably listening on their phones which is just how it goes these days. It's not the best tone guide, but those amps are awesome. You know, if I ever get a deluxe reverb down the track, I'm going to buy one of those um, just based on how great of an experience it was to use it here at the house and also how great the twin is to not only use at the house, but how great it is to use out live. You know, every time I play it, I'm like shocked at how great it sounds. You know, it really is that good. So the deluxe reverb is an absolute beast. That video, as I said, will be up tomorrow. I've also written a full review, which will go live around the same time at guitarpedaldemos.com. One of my old websites I've been adding a lot of great content to, so if you want to check that out as well, I'll get a bit more of a deep dive sort of analytical sort of look at the amplifier. That review will be for you. I've put a lot of work into that, so if you want to check it out, it's at guitarpedaldemos.com. You know, it's funny. I've actually been putting a lot of work into that website over, I guess, the last sort of four or five months, and it's really booming. So, yeah, most of the unique or, or, or some of the i guess the more popular stuff is the easiest way to explain it. the more popular stuff i get to test the reviews are going up there when it comes to amps and all that kind of thing uh if it's just guitar speaker related uh coming up at the, all speaker stuff will be going at guitarspeakerworld.com 
Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> it's guitarspeakerguide.com, not world. That was my old URL. So, yeah, guitarspeakerguide.com. Uh, i got a lot of people always asking me about best speakers, and so I just decided they, there's a website dedicated towards that. So that's what I've been putting a lot of work into this month. It's been more time-consuming than a lot of the video stuff right now. But I've got way more. i got a lot of stuff i got to catch up on uh, and other stuff that's arrived. So a while back, you might remember that I had an amplifier called the Moore or Moore Hornet that came in. It's a little digital modeling amplifier that you can use at home. It's nice and simple. There's no phone required or anything like that. I actually got one of the new ones, which is the white amplifier. I can't think of its name right now, but uh, I'm going to also do a comparison between that and the Hornet as well. They were nice enough to ship them both out for a comparison video. So I said, all right, done. <laughs> These are great little amps. You know, a while back before I moved, I sold my old one. I was like, man, this is such a great amp. It sounds great just for recording. Uh, you know, if you so choose to use it for recording, you can mic it up. It sounds great. But it just sounds great for practice. You know, it's one of the best small uh, sort of practice amps you can get, in my opinion. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. And I can't wait to test it out. I'm yet to actually take it out of the box. So I'll do that in the next couple of days and get a video up. So what else is there? A couple of guitars turned up today. And for those who might not know, I'm actually left-handed. I'm sure most people listening will know I'm a lefty. I got two right-handed guitars sent to me today. <laughs> so they're both right now Dr. Rick's. A couple of Harley Bentons. Uh, they said the lefty will be about three weeks away. So uh, I got a single cut Les Paul Junior style one and a double cut. And man, I got to tell you, these are phenomenal. Uh, these are on par with some of the sort of more premium Epiphone guitars, just in terms of how they feel. And, you know, they came in, in tune out of the box. So in the next few days, you'll see a first impressions slash unboxing premiere video, which is about eight minutes. So it's nice and to the point. No cuts, oh, no edits, I should say, just there's camera cuts. There's three cameras, but it's not a typical live stream. I've just shot it with my cameras as I would normally. But then you're actually going to see like my first impressions that way. And I've done that before with something recently as well where I can't remember what it was off the top of my head now, but there's a couple of things, a couple of times where things turn up and I'm like, yeah, first impressions count. You know, they really do. And, uh, and the way that the channel works is if Rick finds that these guitars are terrible to play well that's that's what we're going to say but after just picking them up and having them be in tune out of the box i was shocked i was really really shocked so um yeah they feel great in the hand they look fantastic uh and yeah it's a shame there's no lefties but rick rick will be uh pretty much loving that so i think probably tomorrow my time as well i'm going to film uh one of the dan electro guitars the second one that they've sent out which is probably my favorite one it's that high sparkle or you know really high bling looking one that's the uh, 50 i think it's called an nos the nos new old stock uh, dan electro it's got two lipstick single coil pickups in there and um yeah it's kind of like a telecaster and it doesn't have any of those issues with it feeding back under high gain so i'm i'm almost tempted to try doing something completely different with this guitar because a lot of people that will buy this want to do like a strat kind of deal I want to see how well it actually it handles a bit of drive and a bit of distortion and a few other things. So I might mix it up and do something a little out of the ordinary for this one just to have it stand out a little bit. I've been writing some music again, which has been great, especially on the YouTube channel just for the backing tracks, coming up with really cool parts, or at least I hope they're cool anyway. And one of the new ones that you heard was on the recent sort of fuzz distortion 
oh, whatever ring modulator pedal from Game Changer Audio. You know, it's so it's so funny. People whinge on YouTube all the time about all the pedals sounding the same, and then as soon as you do something completely different, they're like, "Oh, I don't like it." <laughs> so you kind of can't win. You know, it's one of those things where no matter what you do, you're not going to please everybody all of the time. I love that pedal. It was so out of the ordinary. If you haven't seen it, uh, just YouTube search In The Blues Game Changer Audio and it will come up. It had this plasma coil in the middle. It was built unlike every other overdrive or distortion pedal in the history of pedals. It has its own unique circuits and, and mojo and vibe and I loved it. If you want to see another really great demo of it as well, head over to Andy Demos, uh, who was Andy Martin from Pro Guitar Shop and Reverb. He did another great video and also Pete Thorne did an awesome video on it as well. I... Try not to watch anybody else's videos when I do my my video. I don't want to be influenced by it. So it was great to see Andy's face. Um, I think his video went up after mine, actually, like a day or two after. It was funny to see him pulling the same kind of facial expressions. Not that he was copying me, but I remember like my experience playing it for the first time on camera. I was kind of like, man, this is so crazy, but I'm loving it. And it grows on you big time. So... Yeah, there's, it's something to be said for originality, especially in the pedal world. And I, I said this in the video. You know, it might be the most innovative pedal I've ever had come in on the channel because there's nothing else that's come in that's anything like it, which I really, really like. So, yeah, hats off to them for that. And if you uh, if you don't like that at all, don't worry. I've got a couple of really regular kind of pedal videos coming up again that won't get any views. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very, being very selective with some of the uh, pedals that I'm putting on the channel. I have one more, which I, I really need to film, actually. It's from Anna Sounds. And guess what it is? It's a Tube Screamer clone made in France. It looks funky. It's got a couple of different modes on there, which I need to sort of read up about. But I think they're just the same old asymmetrical clipping, symmetrical clipping, and probably a clean boost. Uh, I haven't actually read the instructions yet, but the Anna Sounds make awesome stuff. If you've been following the channel for a while, you might remember I did... The real spring reverb tank pedals, they were from Anna Sounds. They make great pedals. They also did a Klon. Um, they've done some other pedals as well, but the, the standout ones for me would be the Klon and that real spring reverb pedal, which is second to none if you're looking for an actual spring reverb. Their stuff isn't cheap. Uh, I think it's like, you know, two, three hundred euros or, or something like that, but they make really good stuff. Recently on the channel, I've put up a couple of videos regarding the Boss Artist Next Tone Amplifier. It's the 80 watt amp, single 12 inch speaker. Super loud, great tones, overall pretty decent amplifier. But it still brings me back to the podcast I did with Dr. Rick called The Katana Cult. <laughs> I just put that on there because we knew it would get some clicks. But uh, yeah, it's the same old thing with these sort of all-in-one amplifiers. You set up an overdrive pedal, you take it out and you play it live and you want more gain and you're screwed. Uh, I don't know how people get around this problem without having a computer with you, which isn't practical at a lot of places. I, I would just, I think that's the most impractical thing of all time. I'm going to do a like a video podcast about this with Rick coming up, but the best way to get the great tones out of the Boss Next Tone is to put it on clean, crank it up <laughs> like any valve amplifier, or you can use a power attenuator, of course. And just use your pedals. The tone I got with my pedals and the flexibility of being able to change everything on the fly to suit my needs at that particular time, depending on which side of the stage I was on, all these different factors in a different room, all that kind of stuff. There's nothing better 
than having your pedals going into the front end. So how am I going to use the boss next tone? If I'm just playing at home, sure, I might just click on some built-in overdrive and all that kind of stuff. But having an overdrive go into the front of the amp sounded unreal. It was like a great solid-state amplifier uh, with a bit more of a tube feel thanks to that tube logic stuff. It doesn't feel exactly like it, but it feels way better than a lot of other amps very similar to this out on the market. No doubt about it. So the next tone has good tones built in. The drive channel just didn't really cut it in the live mix. It was a little bit disappointing and sort of underwhelming. You can get a lot of volume and drive out of it, but it's not the kind of sound that really jumps out of the mix. And I tried my best to kind of EQ it the way that I thought it would work. Uh, and, you know, unless you play live, you probably don't realize like everything can, can change your tone. Amp position in the room, what the stage is sort of how it's built and where it's located. Is it off the floor? Is it, are you tucked in the corner? You know, all of these things can drastically adjust how the amp feels and responds. So, um, yeah, one of the things about the next tone was I just, I got sick of fiddling and I thought, screw it. Second set, I'm grabbing my pedal board and I'm plugging into the front of the amp on clean. And I played so much better. <laughs> that That whole practicality thing is still second to none as a live player. It's so much better having a clean tone and then just using your pedals. And I, I almost don't think I'm ever going to use the built-in effects ever again without when I'm playing live, that is. Not not at home. Home's fine. So it brings me to the like onboard delay and all that kind of stuff that's actually in the um in the next tone. So I love it. I think the delay is one of the best sounding delays. You can choose from a couple of them, but the one that I've got it set to just it sounds unreal. You know, it doesn't drop your volume, it doesn't do anything weird. It just sounds fantastic. And, you know, boss have a, a pretty great reputation of making some of the best, uh, you know, effects pedals out there and most reliable ones, and they're great. So this amplifier for me, this will, you know, all the boss stuff's built like tanks. <laughs> they really are. They and Roland all that. They they really make their stuff to, built to last. You know, some of their solid state amps are. 20 30 years old and they're still going strong and I, I could kind of see this lasting you know a long time much like an old pv bandit or something like that so yeah it's a little bit of a shame you know as a live player i feel like the, the limitations and and functionality issues I, I see in the katana translate very heavily over to this they're, they're basically the same if you don't have a computer with you and you can't adjust your say your gain stage on the overdrive that you put onto the clean channel or you can't adjust the the volume of that boost or whatever it, it really makes it tough i don't know how people get around this and i think a lot of the people that say oh you don't need to hook it up to a computer don't really go out and play live and if they do they don't use any of the built-in overdrives or distortions or if they do they might just have it always on and you can kind of get away with it like that but i like to play clean occasionally I, i'm not a big clean player but every now and then it's really nice just to throw that in there but I, I really feel like the limitations I, I've stressed about the Katana over the years are the same limitations I see with the Boss Next Tone. I just feel like maybe the Boss Next Tone might be a bit more of a premium sound. You know, that tube logic and being able to sort of change the output valves to, you know, anything from 6V6, 6L6, EL34 and 84s gives you a little bit more flexibility and it feels great to play. It's, the Katana feels great to play as well. But this just feels a little bit different and whether that's better or worse that's all subjective into you know into what you like and or up to what you like i should say 
But coming up on the channel, I'll probably borrow another Katana, one of their 100 single 12s, and I'll, I'll do a bit of a comparison, just a tone comparison. I might list some of the the drawbacks on that video of, of, from my experience as well because, yeah, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm still not convinced they've nailed the functionality. I like the functionality of the next tone. It doesn't have a million options, but the options that it gives you, you're still really restricted on having to use a computer and to or to adjust those and i hate doing that now i really i really just don't like that so what i've done i've set it up so i can use the clean channel and it sounds beautiful and i've set it up so i can use the delay if i need to but if i'm taking this to a jam night or a gig i'm taking an overdrive or two the royal flush sounded amazing through it a clean boost into the royal flush also sounded amazing uh, so yeah, you could use a tube screamer or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, just from a practicality standpoint, I still feel like they haven't quite nailed it for gigging musos. I think these are probably still aimed at you know home players and bedroom players, and that's great. You know, like they're great for playing at home. I just switch it down to what is it like 0.5 watts and just practice with it. It's fantastic. Or during the day, I turn it up to half power and yeah, rock out a little bit. So yeah. It's a really great sounding amplifier, a good pedal platform or a great pedal platform. It's not great in the live context being being that you can't adjust certain parameters as you need to without having a computer. And for me, that's a deal breaker when I take it out and play it live. Now, comparing that to the, the Tone Master Twin, Twin doesn't have any of these issues because it doesn't have any of the options. You use it like a clean channel amplifier. So I've always got my pedal board when I take out the Twin. And I think coming up, I'll always have my pedal board coming out when I play the boss next tone as well. So there's a couple of thoughts about that. I'll do more about this on the end of your wrap up sort of podcast and, and live stream or whatever I do on YouTube as well. But so, I mean, look, tone wise, once you get these next tones up loud, they sound great. Once you get your favorite overdrive going into them, they sound even better. So that would be the way I would suggest using it. But they are slightly heavier. Even this single 12 one is, is heavier than the Tone Master Twin, but they do come in at a very different price. For those who are wondering sort of what goes on with the podcast and why I do these in between other sections of videos that go up on the YouTube channel. So the way that it works is I do a couple of these a week or at least one independent just audio only podcast that goes up to iTunes and all, that, all of those kind of places as well as in the bluespodcast.com you can listen there for free as well no subscription or anything you can just hit play and it will play no ads or anything like that either so the way that it works uh anytime i have a guest over and it's a good podcast i generally break it up into sections and post them on sundays now the reason i do that is so there's more video content that's going up the majority of the audience is still on youtube and if i break the video up into sections there's more of a likelihood of it uh People who might enjoy one topic will want to come back and watch the next one as opposed to maybe like uploading the whole thing and then someone not being happy with the first topic, they won't watch much, right? So it's it's a bit of a waste. So I find like putting them up in sections is the best and easiest way to sort of, you know, reach a different audience and then also have it appeal or each section to appeal to people if, if it so appeals to them at all, right? So that's the plan with that. And then right at the end of those three or four weeks or however long, I space those out, then the, that actual audio podcast will go up live after the videos are done or at the same time as the last one goes live. So 
the most recent podcast was with Penny Bowen, who's a really great friend of mine. She's she's lovely. She's a great musician. And we've shot four, well, three parts of the podcast and one video. So on that third one that you'll see go up on the podcast, which will be in two weeks from as of today, basically, then the audio will go up on iTunes and it'll be there in its entirety. So that's the way I'm kind of doing it right now. It might seem a little, I don't know, counterintuitive doing it that way, but I don't want to sort of um, alienate the YouTube audience because, you know, that's what sort of pays the bills and that's where the main audience is and all that kind of thing. So I don't want to sort of spoil the topics ahead of time in terms of the podcast. So that's kind of how that works. I know that might be a little bit sort of different to how a lot of people do it, but yeah. Now, I actually wanted a little bit of feedback on something. I I have been rendering out the entire podcast in video form as well, and I'm sort of toying with the idea of just having a video podcast channel with no other videos other than the actual full podcast and same old thing that would go up either right after it's rendered and, and filmed or it can go up after the last pod video podcast is, has gone up. So it'd be one or the other, right? So I, I, I don't really mind. I, I'm tipping. I see what a lot of other channels do, and not in the guitar niche at all, but just other channels. They, they have like their clips that go up in sections, and then there's a separate channel for the full podcast. And I thought, yeah, it might be something I want to do. So I've already got three or four of them sort of in full video form just sitting there doing nothing. I don't really want to put the whole thing up on my main channel after, you know, they've sort of already been, all the sections have gone up. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so I'm thinking I might start a second channel and have those, or a third channel or fourth, or however many I've got, like an In The Blues podcast channel where all I put up basically is the podcast in its entirety and nothing else so i actually wouldn't mind some feedback on this if you get a moment just go to in the blues com, or find me on instagram at in the blues with an underscore at the end and let me know what you think um yeah i, I wouldn't mind doing something with those clips and sort of putting them out before they become out of date some of the topics won't go out of date or they won't get dated but some will you know and i'm thinking uh maybe i, I missed an opportunity there but I, I might do it. I might do it. I just want to see what everyone thinks. And if that's something that interests you, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can even just film these podcasts as well. Um, I can just set up one camera and in my dark little room here. <laughs> so where I do these podcasts, I, I'm using my main studio room with the, on, the only light I've got on right now is the guitar LED light and the flamingo. <laughs> and that is it. So I'm hoping, I tell you what, I just on a side note here, those little LED lights, those little, you know, the ones that you've seen, I used to have the palm tree and that, that one was like a, a, I think the truck logo with the woman, right? That that was awesome, but that broke. These are so hard to find. I used to find these everywhere this time last year. This year, I can't see that, find these anywhere. If you know anywhere that sell those kind of LED lights that I could I can use for a backdrop, uh, please shoot me an email at intheblues at outlook.com actually that's probably the easiest way to reach me in regards to the last last request as well just just shoot me an email that'd be the easiest way but yeah I, I really want to get some more of these lights um, and I yeah they're hard to find man they're really really hard to find thanks for listening folks this is Shane I hope you enjoyed this edition of the In The Blues Tone podcast for November oh I almost said December for November 20, 2019. Thanks again for listening. 
And as always, I will catch you on the next one and see you on youtube.com slash in the blues.